0: From Women Food and Agriculture Network, I'm Ash Bruxford, and this is the Plate to Politics podcast. Plate to Politics is WFAN's nationwide effort to support and strengthen the leadership role of women transforming our food system, from the federal agriculture policy agenda to what's on our family's dinner plate. This podcast provides audio leadership training to women engaged in healthy food and farming. You can download the resources mentioned in this podcast at WFAN.org slash plate to politics. On this episode of Plate to Politics, we have Jenna Wadsworth, who serves on the Wake County Soil and Water Conservation District Board of Supervisors. She has served since 2010 and made history by becoming the youngest woman ever elected to public office in North Carolina. In this episode, she will talk about her role serving as a soil and water supervisor and the ways that she uses this role to make an impact on social justice. Really excited for you all to listen to Jenna's experience today. So we'll go ahead and dive right in. I saw, you know, that you ran for soil and water supervisor when you were 21. Is that right?
1: That is, it's actually uh, the youngest um, that you can be elected, the youngest age that you can be elected to public office in the state of North Carolina, according to our constitution. And I was a junior in college at NC State University, go Wolfpack, um, and I was lucky to have a mentor who was a soil and water supervisor in a neighboring county, Danielle Adams, who was actually the youngest female soil and water supervisor until she mentored me. Um, and I actually became the youngest woman elected to any political office in the state's history with that, with that first, with my first election in 2010.
0: Um, so what was the driver to decide to run?
1: I am, I actually, I grew up on a dirt road on a family farm and, and we, it was my grandparents farm and. We grew um, and raised hogs, cattle, corn, cotton, tobacco, and soybeans, which are most of North, like seven of North Carolina's top 10 uh, agricultural products. Um, North Carolina is, we have like a, agriculture contributes something like $91.8 billion to our economy yearly. Uh, I didn't realize how grateful I really was for growing up on a farm until years later. Um, just the values that I was taught. I mean, I remember my grandmother making me do the backbreaking work of picking peas and then shelling snap peas on our back porch. I uh, still remember what it, was, what it was like to barn tobacco for the first time or get up on our antique farm all tractor and run roads. And I'm really thankful for all the values and hard work instilled in me through um, that that kind of background in agriculture. And and I realized that Wake County is our, where, where I live now, um, we have 1.27 million people that call Wake County home. And that number continues to grow. And we're actually one of the fastest growing counties in the state of North Carolina now. And one of the, the biggest problems is, um, is, is farmland preservation and the rate of uh, land loss. To new development and so someone needed to, to be there to really advocate on behalf of our farmers and we still have over 700 farmers in Wake County which I think is pretty great we've seen very little um, uh, attrition uh, in the last nine years since I've been serving but uh, this was also running for this office was also a way to be able to serve my larger community and teach them about uh, sustainable practices To get to work with children of all ages on environmental education programming and then you know to to because i'm from a family farm this was my opportunity to tirelessly advocate for agriculture
0: and farmland preservation great so many you know some parts of your story really resonate with me farmland preservation was a big driver for me to work in sustainable agriculture and The area that I grew up in is uh, suburban to Des Moines, our capital, and uh, I was at a very young age really concerned about the amount of development that was happening and farmland that was being lost and um, how that was going to look and totally change the community that I'd grown up in moving forward.
1: But being able to educate and inform the public about the benefits of having farmland and open space in your community um, and, and how it benefits your way of life and your overall health, I think those are really important things that soil and water supervisors do.
0: Definitely. And so on that, um, can you talk a little bit about what is a soil and water conservation district and why would somebody want to be a supervisor?
1: Absolutely. So uh, essentially, the role of a soil and water conservation district and soil and water supervisors is to conserve and preserve the natural resources of their county, uh, including wildlife. And you do that by working with both public and private landowners in, in the agricultural space and the urban setting. And in North Carolina, we have 100 counties. We actually have 496 soil and water supervisors, though. Some of the coastal districts share a a district just because their their experiences and the things that they deal with uh, are more similar and different from the rest of our state. Um, And so this is really your opportunity to work with everything from farmland preservation, local healthy foods, uh, nutrient-rich soil, uh, to install best management practices on on farms, um, we also help farmers and landowners find cost sharing opportunities. So whether it's you know dealing with ag cost share or kind of urban projects that maybe deal with more like stormwater, um, we can provide cost sharing resources. We also provide educational resources. So we work with with children and students and our research universities. Um, provide programming in, in that, in that way as
0: well. You, you know, you've been in this role for quite a while now, so I'm curious if you have any stories about ways that you've really felt like you've been able to serve, you know, in a way that was really meaningful to you as a supervisor.
1: Well, first of all, I just think any time you see someone who doesn't maybe look like everybody else at the table, I think that that is important. Representation matters. Uh, As a young woman in this space that is traditionally male-dominated, especially older white males, um, it's, I think, important for other people to see someone who maybe looks more like them or is more representative of the community serving in this. In this space, mm-hmm. um, it it lets people know that their thoughts, opinions, and um, are welcomed. So representation matters. Um, I'm really proud of a number of the projects that we've been able to do, and and part of my goal has always been to bring like an innovation mindset to farming and agriculture, um, and. So under my leadership, we kind of secured one of the first conservation easements that the Wake Soil and Water Conservation District has ever held. And that basically protects 45 acres of prime farmland um, that is located off a major, a a tributary off of um, one of our major drinking water sources for the whole county. And that kind of preserves that farmland for the foreseeable future, which is really exciting. And we're actually working on our next easement now. Um, We also partnered with the U.S. Marine Corps and the Navy to basically preserve open space and restrict development under a vital military flight path, and that's great because that's in the interest of national security, but it also benefits our farmers in keeping their land and farmland, um, which is what they're doing anyways, and we always want to encourage farmland preservation, and something else I've just been really excited about is kind of starting to engage um, our producers and our farmers in in projects regarding hemp farming and um, I'm really hoping to see that eventually become uh, marijuana legalization in north in North Carolina um, and so I think that's important to have advocates for and and that's something if it's okay if I just you know mention for a second something that I'm really working to, to promote um, marijuana legalization because it could be such an economic opportunity, especially for our tobacco farmers, which have lost significant market share over the last few years um, between Brazil having two growing seasons to R1 and then also being shut out of China um, in regards to, uh, you know, tariffs. Um, And it's also a chance for, I believe, true social justice for communities of color, which are disproportionately criminalized for pot usage or possession as compared to Caucasian users. And Cannabis, I think, can really play a role in reducing the opioid crisis has largely been created by big pharma, uh, not to mention the travel and tourism benefits. And, you know, I think with, with all things that we've tried to do in, in our soil and water district, I think we just, we really recognize that the world is changing and it's time for North Carolina to change with it. And so I'm really excited about all of our programming that we've engaged in in the last nine years of
0: my service. Great. And I really like how you touched on, you know, being a soil and water supervisor is, you know, so much more, it can touch, it can really touch on so much more than soil and water. I mean, we all know that soil and water is related to social justice and WFAN, you know, we call ourselves a unapologetically eco-feminist organization. And so the intersections of those issues are definitely of interest to the women in our network. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about, you know, representation and what the makeup in your nine years has been like, you know, are you the only woman? Um, Are you, you know, is there representation of communities of color? queer communities? Have you seen any of that shifting, if not in your district, then in North Carolina overall?
1: Right. Um, So as I mentioned, there are 496 soil and water supervisors in North Carolina, Um, minus the kind of coastal community. It's about five soil and water supervisors per county, and three of those are elected and two of those seats are appointed. So What's really sad is, out of 496 soil and water supervisors, um, we're we're only seeing something like uh, oh, I I I I don't even know that it's about eight percent women. Oh wow. Um, But in my district, for the bulk of of my time serving, I was the only female uh, serving on the five member board, and with this last election, this past November, we also um, elected an African American female to the board, which is really exciting. Um, her name is Nirvana Crew, and I am very happy to be serving with her. And and she is a is a mother, and, and I think part of the reason why she was drawn to this role is because of our environmental education work, and then also realizing with climate change being what it is and water supervisors are really standing on the front line of that fight and figuring out how we can engage in social and economic justice, environmental justice programming to, to do what we can to help all communities that are going going to be affected by climate change um, throughout the future. And so uh, the Durham district, I think, has probably been one of the best, our neighboring district, has been one of the best examples of seeing... Um, Representation that really looks like the community is serving. Um, right now, there are two African American females serving on that board. Um, in the past, there's been, in the past recent years, there's been an African American male, and there's also been um, an LGBT person uh, who is a young woman serving on that board. So this, the as far as representation and soil and water in general in North Carolina, that's something that we're working hard to change. Um, but there, you know, the small number of women that are serving in this world, there's an even smaller number of people of color and even smaller number of people under the age of 40, probably even 45, um, and a smaller number of, of out-LGBT uh, people. That's again why I say representation really matters um, and why I I realized that not only am I a soil and water supervisor representing Wake County, but I'm I'm representing young people. I'm representing women in this office as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that, you know, Danielle mentored you into running for the position. Uh, I'm curious if you've, you know, asked other women or other people to run and if you've done any of that, you know, mentorship yourself as well.
1: I have. um, And I, I've served in different um, political capacities uh, with like auxiliary organizations for years working to kind of recruit, train and mentor women to run for all different offices. And um, part of that is also like my, you know, founding of New Leaders Council, North Carolina here. Um, And and Nirvana came to me, Nirvana Crew, who now serves on the board with me in Wake County, she came to me a few years ago, expressing interest. And she is someone that I, I, you know, work to support in her race and her candidacy. Um, And I, you know, I think bringing her voice into the fall was really important, especially as now I am, and I don't know if you read read about this, Earlier this spring, I announced that I am running statewide in 2020 for North Carolina Commissioner of Agriculture.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did read about that. And I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more about that. Um, I, I mean, so one of my questions that I have for you is, let's say that somebody decides that they're interested in running for this position. What are the steps that you take? and then also one of the things i'm interested to hear from you about is how have you approached campaigning and how are you planning on approaching your campaign for this statewide election
1: okay so first how do you decide to to run for this office i think it you know it it helps if you have some sort of interest in conservation or environmental education uh, if you're concerned about climate change or food safety and security, any of those things, um, the, the first thing I would say is go to a soil and water board meeting. I think that's really important to understand the actual work of the board um, and to learn and research as much as you can about it. And a good way to do that is to talk with staff uh, that serve um, in that capacity or this, this is their professional capacity, and also to talk to the people who are currently in that office Um, if possible, if you can find a mentor who's already serving in that role, I think that's, that's really important. Um, but then just to, to run with courage and continually show up at the meetings, to do the work, to get to meet people in the agricultural space, um, people who are doing kind of exciting things who can be your champion. I think that's really important. Um, and then my current office, uh, running, running for, um, running for statewide office in North Carolina. This is a very big state. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now my focus um, for the first couple months is obviously on raising money, so fundraising, um, which is just key. Um, You can't run a race without money, um, and that's just the reality of it. Uh, And then the other thing that I've really been focusing on, in particular the last few weeks, has been – traveling the state and getting to know people, um, and farming, uh, and political and agribusiness community. I'm getting forward to, uh, looking forward to kind of doing, um, a tour of agribusinesses and farmers across the state to hear their concerns, a listening tour, um, in addition to just, you know, going to political events making sure that we're getting voters registered and i'll really bring on staff for my campaign july through september that's when we'll start onboarding staff you know i i try to learn from every every situation and experience in life um, in order to continually better myself Um, and i have now run for office three times countywide, like i said in a county of over a million people Um, and so this was you know, it's a soil and water supervisor here in North Carolina. It's a four-year term. So I ran in 2010, won uh, 2014, and then most recently in 2018. And the first time around, I had two men running against me. The second time around, I had three men. Um, this time, there were, there were four other people running um, and was the top vote getter each of those times. And, and every single time, I, I think my campaign became kind of more professionalized whether well, it's a difference in looking at what my website looked like or my palm cards. Um, like right now I, I love, I was like, I've, I've got to redesign. I've got to get new ones designed for my current race, but I love, there's this picture on the back of my, of my palm card. That's like me on a antique farm all tractor that we have out on our, out on our farm with my black lab. Um, her name is Lucy Blue. I rescued her. Um, actually, she was like, I found her in a, in a storm ditch um, when she was a puppy and so um, the difference of professionalization and, and, again, going back to this piece, um, which might be most, most political candidates' least favorite part of actually running for office, um, the difference in my, my fundraising and uh, this, last, this last cycle, there were actually PACs and I think super PACs that supported, um, that supported me and, and, you know, sent out mail pieces to voters. And that was the first time that had ever, that had ever happened. Um, you know, I I started with probably old fashioned stake yard signs, you know, that you had to actually put together with wooden stakes. Um the the first time I ran and, and paper copy printouts versus now having real professionalized um, you know, uh palm cards. And and I think just part of that in general too, uh is when you're when you're younger, when you're female or you're from um Perhaps an underrepresented community um, in politics. the The thing is, you don't have all of the institutional money or support that a lot of other candidates start out with, and uh, sometimes it's hard. There's all these kind of barriers to entry, but especially you know if you're a woman. Um, although men have continually legislated basically our lives and our bodies, uh, very you know not until recently are we seeing this emergence of women in political spaces being the people who are, are at the table making decisions instead of us just being on the menu, right? Um, and so I think that, that that matters. And then, you know, with each campaign, the difference in respect amongst my community, respect amongst my peers, um, especially because I worked hard during my, my time in office. Um, and so I actually had a, a strong record of service and a strong record of accomplishments to be able to run on, um, that makes a difference every single time, right? And and I will say that first time I ran, I probably got the most earned media exposure just by virtue of being the youngest woman um, in a traditionally male-dominated space. Um, but you know, as far as endorsements, this last time around, I had more of those from not just media sources, but also from reputable leaders in our community and in the political space across the state, and I was really grateful to also have the support of so many of those leaders when I decided that I was going to make this jump and run statewide. Mm-hmm. And in North Carolina, the commissioner of agriculture is elected and serves on the council of state, which is kind of the top kind of administrative board of leaders of you know um, that you know the, the cabinet of the governor. And the commissioner of agriculture now is a man named Steve Troxler, who I, who I respect but has differing opinions on a number of things about um, who is a white senior uh, Republican male who's been elected since 2004 and really hasn't had any viable challengers from the left um, during his tenure. And so this, is also about creating a culture I think my campaign is about creating a culture of inspiration um, and and you know kind of a forward-thinking forward-looking uh, campaign where we realize that the world is changing it's time for North Carolina to change with it um, agriculture is changing uh, by virtue of, of climate change and the ravaging effects that the recent hurricanes had on eastern North Carolina, where much of our farmland is in the state, um, that we have to recognize that those weren't just 500 year flood events, that those are things that are going to happen again and again. And it's important that we innovate and engage um, and realize that the issues of today require us to address them with absolute urgency. It's important that there's someone who really is up there preaching that no farms equals no food, no farms equals no jobs, and that we can't have a commissioner who equivocates on climate change because North Carolina deserves better than that. Um, Our farming communities deserve better than that. They need to understand that, you know, a commissioner needs to understand that environmental degradation equals economic devastation, especially, for our communities that rely on farmers in order to put food on the table um, for all of us. And so that's part of the reason I'm really, really excited. Um, agriculture is changing, like I mentioned earlier, with um, my hope to modernize the industry, advocate for our farmers to see marijuana legalization, um, to really support our burgeoning beer, wine, and spirits uh, industry, which are agricultural products. Um, if you've ever been to Asheville, North Carolina, which is in western, the western part of the state in our mountains, uh, one of the biggest parts of their travel and tourism industry now is based on the number of microbreweries that are there. So people literally just come to spend weekends touring microbreweries throughout the community. And so I just, I think there's so many things that can be addressed. There's also immigrants rights, farm workers rights, basically treating people with dignity treating human beings like human beings um and so that's that's something i would love to tackle too in this race
0: i imagine in your experience on running for and serving in office have experienced some amount of adversity and frustration um so i'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what your support system looks like And, you know, how do you work through just, you know, the general frustrations of what can happen when you're a public um, official?
1: Right. Um, Well, speaking of some of the adversity or those kind of anecdotes regarding those experiences, the first time I ran, right, is this, like, bright-eyed 21-year-old. I was knocking doors and... I had a gentleman open the door and he, you know, I told him what I was running for. I gave him my whole deal and he was like, you know, he asked me my age again. I told him and, and he was like, so if you get elected, how are you going to have time to find a husband, get married and have babies, which, you know, it's just shocking and also not that shocking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that we as female candidates get asked that because it's never a question that, that male politicians are asked. Um, this last time around, during early voting, I probably shook about ten thousand hands on my own during early voting. Like no one will outwork work me, um, and and hopefully that means my passion really shines through. Uh, but I had I had a voter say to me he's like you know i i remember you i remember you from the first time you ran i voted for you he's like you know i just want to know i know now that you know you're quite a bit older um just you know uh, how how is uh how's the health of your your ovaries and i just i he's like you know do you think how's your egg count which is uh, shockingly inappropriate, and he yet did not see anything wrong with asking me those questions. I mean, could you imagine asking anybody those
0: those questions? <laughs>
1: um, it's, it's shocking, and and you know, uh, and obviously, I you know, for me, I think the easiest thing for me to do um, in any of these experiences where I experience adversity is is just to stay true to myself, to always be authentic um and to do good work right like to do my job to do what I'm there to do uh which is to serve my community because it's very hard for anybody to kind of um attack you on your record if you're doing the work right Mm -hmm. um and I would hope that at the end of the day it reflects worth on opponents who would attack me on things that don't deal with my record or the work that I'm supposed to be doing, um, that it would ta- that it would reflect work on them than what it would on, on me. Um, I And I will say it was, you know, it was harder, I feel like, when I first was elected, uh, not just because of being a woman, but also being so much younger than my peers on the board. Um, but again, I, you know, worked hard to gain their respect in my staff's respect by also respecting them and by by just doing a good job during my service.
0: What is you know one piece of advice or one resource that you would want any woman listening to this to know about?
1: Mm. find a mentor. That has always been I think one of the most amazing resources I have ever had, um, and I would say maybe several mentors of um, uh, kind of different ages or backgrounds who can can work with you and nurture you and encourage you uh, and be your champion. Um, the other thing I would say is always to be authentic, be who you are. Uh, it is very difficult being a woman running for office anyways um, just because of some of the challenges that we will face that our our male counterparts will not uh i've had consultants that have made me get whole new wardrobes um change the way that i do my hair or makeup um and and i think the biggest thing is to be who you are uh voters generally will respect that more than anything mm-hmm. um and you know to stay true to your values um there was one situation where the, the only vote that I've ever la- lost that I called for on, on my on my board um, and, and perhaps the vote that I'm maybe the most proud of because it took political courage um, and initiative to speak up and speak out against something that I thought was wrong was um, a couple years ago our state association of soil and water conservation districts that all soil and water supervisors are a member of decided to have at our at our annual meeting that we, they were going to have they have an annual raffle and to raise money for the association, and maybe for some of our educational program programs. Um, and they decided to raffle off three different guns. And I found that problematic because of what has been happening across the country um with the lack of gun regulation, background checks, the gun show loopholes, all of the things that I think need to be addressed by Congress uh, And I told a personal narrative because um, I wanted my board to decide that we should not participate in in this raffle and selling tickets for this raffle and that we should should let the association know why we are not participating and why we thought it was wrong And um, I, I shared a personal, story about my one of my best friends who was actually in vegas uh who had to run for her life when the gunman was shooting spraying bullets out of that hotel window and how she was her hotel was on lockdown so they wouldn't even let her in she had to crouch down in an alley behind um like a trash and recycling bin and just pray for her her life and that is you know, a fear that no American should ever experience or, or live through, and that I just thought it was wrong for us to participate in. Unfortunately, I, I lost that vote, but like I said, it is one of the ones I'm the most proud of, um, and so I, you know, I think being authentic, being true to your values, that's one of the most important things that you could do in general as a person, but especially as a, as a female candidate. And then also to remember, and I don't know that this is necessarily fair to female candidates, but to remember that you, you are not just representing yourself, you're representing all women, right? Um, and that, again, representation matters, but until we have that equal representation in offices of government, you are a shining beacon and a leader, um, and an example for other women
0: so how can uh how can people find out more about you if they're interested
1: sure um well i the easiest way is to check out my website which is www.jennawadsworth.com that's J E N A W A D S W O R T hcom and there's also links to find me on Facebook, and then also on Twitter, I'm at Jenna Wadsworth, and uh, especially other women who are thinking about running or who have been elected across the country who are interested in sharing um, information about innovative and exciting programming, Uh, just find me, um, find me online, send me an email.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Women, Food, and Agriculture Network's Plate to Politics podcast. Our theme music is by Expendable Friend, and the song is Song for Remen. Thank you to our sponsor, Rachel's Network, for making this audio leadership training program available to the women in our network. We hope you'll tune in next time, and until then, please go to wfan.org slash plate to politics for more resources.